0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 50, 50. August 23rd, 2006. Welcome
1: to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer, and the craft brewing industry 50 times over. I'm Greg Weiss.
0: And I'm Jeff Bear.
1: This week, guests the big 50th episode, where we revisit what we did in our very first test episode, double IPAs.
0: And we haven't done any of them since, and uh, so we're going back to our roots, double IPAs. I want to thank all our listeners for, for listening for the first 50 shows. Yeah, absolutely. We had our anniversary, we've had our 50 shows, so we're not going to have any kind of gimmicky milestones for a while now.
1: <laughs> we'll just wait till next year, I guess.
0: I guess. So let's uh, move right on to the first beer of the night. We will start with, um, you want to go,
1: these.
0: you want to start with the first two we did? Yeah, sure. Okay. Which so one
1: do we do first? I'm pretty sure we did Stouts first. All right. So we're going to start with Stouts Double IPA. This is uh, our the first beer we ever tasted from what I remember.
0: Yeah. No, actually, we tasted the 90-minute first, but oh well. oh, well. We screwed up. We're big <laughs> Too failures. Late. Too
1: late. 50th show, but not the first mistake. Not the 50th mistake. Probably the one millionth mistake. But we're just going to keep making them. Pours a nice golden color with the slightly cloudy, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, this is a bottle-conditioned puppy here. And I think it pours a bit of a an orange.
1: Yeah, more... Now that I look at it in the light, yeah, it's more... But it's still kind of golden if you hold it up to the light. But it kind of... It's a little bit of a...
0: Yeah, uh, mine's color. a lot cloudier than yours. I got a lot more uh, yeah. sediment in mine than the bottle-conditioned beer.
1: With as you expect from a double IPA, a head that's really sticking around. It's not really going places. It's cloudyish head. Hmm. There's
0: not a bunch of yeast in the bottom of this bottle, so I must have got it all in my beer. <laughs> the aroma is hoppy. It is a fruity hop. Mine's a lot more bready because of the yeast I have in mine. Kind of a bummer, actually.
1: Well, I'm definitely getting
0: some malt in the aroma too. And a little bit of caramel. It smells like plenty of hops in the flavor on this one, but there's a lot of sweetness too from the alcohol. This one is 10% alcohol by volume, so there's a lot of alcohol and malt there to back up this beer. Mm. Yeah, it definitely has
1: a, a real malt backbone to a lot of a lot of sweetness there, and then the sweetness comes in first, and then the bitterness kind of flares off on the sides. Not as hoppy as you might expect from double IPA. I think it, it's it's a little bit malt forward.
0: This one's not the newest. This isn't my old batch of Stouts Double that I was doing my aging experiment with because they were bottle conditioned. I thought this one was only a couple months old, but it tastes tastes maltier than it should. So it must be older than I thought. Hmm. Still a good drinking beer. Yeah, the, with the alcohol, it's kind of like a. Um, one of those really hoppy barley wines, kind of like a Dogfish Head Old School or something It
1: really like that. is it's delicious, but it, it's, it's interesting because you expect with double IPA, you expect hops, 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 and it's kind of, like you say, malt forward.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, this is from Stout's Brewing Company, Adamstown, Pennsylvania. They, this is a rotating release. Actually, I think it might be all year round now. I think that might have changed. They opened in 1987, and their annual production is around 10,000 barrels.
1: You know, a story I wanted to say and I'll, I'll tell now. I went to um, <laughs> I went to the beer store and I was interested in getting something different and I saw that they had Amagang's quadruple. Remember I oh, okay. talked about you never see a quadruple a certain right. case the case laws are ridiculous around here So I was like, Oh, a case of quadruple, how much could that cost? Yeah, probably like sixty bucks. Eighty eight dollars. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm not going to get this one. Oh, uh, 88 was just a little bit too much for me to spend. As much as I wanted to have, a, you know, I wanted to have like two or three quadruples, not like <laughs>
0: 24. Yeah, that's a it's a lot of quad. Were they in 12 ounce bottles or were they in uh, it bigger was,
1: bottles? I don't know. To be honest with you, it was. I think it said on the side like 24. It might have been the small small bottles of quadruple. Like say Bernardus does it that way too. So,
0: I'm trying to think if I ever saw Noma Gang in a small bottle. I thought they ca- corked everything they had. I'm not sure that. I may be wrong, but at any rate, so it's it only been twelve bottles for eighty-eight bucks.
1: You still, eighty-eight dollars <laughs> is just like a little bit too much. You know, it was, it was over a threshold.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's if you maybe split the beer with some people, it'd be a good price. That would but, work. But yeah, eighty-eight out of your pocket at one time. That's, that's apparently
1: a lot. this place sells a lot of their beer to bars. You okay, can pick them up there and and they have them available.
0: Okay. What up? Got business, a little, a little bit of business here. Uh, real quick, uh, buy our DVD. Yep, Donate, please. Buy our DVD. we had some good response so far. Got some great feedback from, from the bonus show. Bonus show where we taste some pretty unique beers, including a Berliner Weizen. So if you want to hear that, you're going to have to pony up. No. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, everyone, who has already purchased the, the DVD.
1: Uh, as always, there are several ways you can send us feedback. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com.
0: Vote for us on Podcast Alley. I haven't been on that site in months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. Some people have left some good comments. Okay, cool. But we don't get a lot of votes anymore because we're not really pimping it out. Right. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> sign up for our Frapper map. We do check that off, and I love checking out to see when okay. yeah, people are
0: coming up. And you can always send us email, which is what most people do, to beer at craftbeerradio.com.
1: If you don't know what Frapper is, there's a link on our uh, website. Frapper is a cool mapping place where you can map where you are and see where all how much other Craft Beer Radio fans are. In the entire world, I think this needs to warm up a bit. I bet yeah. as it warms up, I think the hops will come
0: out yeah. a little bit. let's do a little bit more of the stuff, content here and we'll let this beer warm Keep it in your hand, we'll yeah. warm it up. We got an email from Ben who, remember when we did the Hop Henge, Greg, and we were like, I thought we thought it wasn't really that hoppy for the name Hop Henge. Right, right. You we still, we still enjoyed it, but I, I thought the name was a little bit misleading. Well, Ben mentions that it does fade rather quickly, the hops in that beer as you age it, and it's a lot more mellow after not too long. He said his first bottle was early on in the run and opening it filled immediate, the immediate vicinity with fresh hop aroma. <laughs> the only comparable smell that he's found was from a lo- local fresh hop ales. It was also nicely bittered, with, but the hop flavor was the main taste. He bought a few more bottles and kept them around. I noticed they got progressively smoother and more malty. Overtone began to take over. Unfortunately, the great hop smell mellowed too. And it was still good, but a different kind of good. If the shoots pops out another run... He'll be all over it. And he won't be storing any of it. He's going to drink it all fresh.
1: I hope you can get them in, in smaller amounts than 24 at a time. <laughs> uh, was talking about beers that change taste, when we were out in Idaho, we actually we went to Denver first. We flew to Denver. And we got to try Fat Tire right off the tap.
0: At the Denver airport. Right. It doesn't move all that much Fat Tire. Well, it didn't seem Probably to Probably not. Much. It, it still had a little bit of reminiscent of a greasiness that I thought I tasted <laughs> in the one here. It was uh, a little bit better. It was, it was better than the bottle. Not as good as the bottle I had out in San Francisco, though, for some reason.
1: I think the one that we actually enjoyed was the fifty fifteen fifty
0: six. 1556, I yeah. think, was the number on it. It was um, it was like a Schwartz beer or something, wasn't it? Was
1: it was dark, but it wasn't... A yeah, black wasn't, ale or something like that? Right,
0: and it... Uh,
1: it took a little bit of time. and Another beer needed to warm up, I think, a little bit before mm-hmm. some of the real flavor came out. Yeah,
0: they were all served way too cold at that sports bar. Yeah.
1: We had to run to uh, to the plane, so we, we had, you know, down a couple gulps. Right. And it was uh, it was pretty good, those last couple gulps.
0: Yeah. Beer in airports just suck. On the way back, we stopped at a place, and we ordered the same atoms, and they were both oxidized. Oh, it and was old. horrible. Yeah, we sent them back. They were horrible. Yeah, so... Airports are wastelands for good beer, apparently.
1: <laughs> Plus, we also had a, uh, uh, we, our very last plane. We had to switch planes because there was an engine problem <laughs> on the
0: plane. The plane was broke. We didn't get in. <laughs> we were already getting in late as it was. Yeah, and <laughs> we got in over an hour later. <laughs> I didn't get to bed till like 1.30. It sucked.
1: It Has warmed up a bit. So I'm yeah, give getting it a, shot. a lot of
0: alcoholic aroma now. It's it's a great sniffer now. Mm-hmm. It's, we're drinking these out of our sniffers.
1: Yeah, more hop is coming through. Definitely, Mm -hmm. Um, this is you know we talk about we didn't talk about temperature that much lately, but these the high alcohol, high hops. It's best to let them warm up a bit before you drink them because really a lot of the flavors will come out.
0: Yeah, in general, good general rule is if you're drinking it out of a snifter, you you want to let it evolve through its temperature change and warm up. You don't want to finish it before it gets to room temperature because you might miss something wonderful. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're certainly taking our time with this beer, keeping our hands on the glass. It has a nice thin glass wall, so it transmits heat into the beer nicely. And uh, we're just waiting for this thing to turn into a nice, smooth, warm, alcoholic drink.
1: Tom from Chicago writes that I think you should do a show on organic beers. Picked up a six-pack of Lakefront Organic ESB at Whole Foods and liked it. Well, we can't get that many organic beers around here. The organic um, beers I that I have
0: the, had haven't been very good. We
1: had Wollivers. We had the uh, the Budweiser one, which I didn't like that much, even though yeah. uh, Todd Alstrom liked it. I wasn't really a big fan. I don't like. I think the organic beers are lacking something. I don't che- know
0: delicious chemicals. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know why the the chemicals are so much better, but for some reason they they don't taste quite as full. Maybe it's that they're not using as much in the organic beers for some I don't know uh, political reason. I <laughs> I have no idea. Or maybe the preservatives really help, but most of these beers that we're drinking don't have preservatives in them.
0: No, just fertilizer and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, cause, I mean, compost is really the only fertilizer you can use on organic organic beers, right? right? So, I don't know. I mean, I, I will put this on here because it's something we'll keep an eye open. Mm-hmm. If we see a good collection of organic beers, or maybe if we find some that we like, we can showcase them on the show. The There was the Wolvers that I had on tap that I thought was good, and you thought it was despicable, so... so yeah. <laughs>
1: not good. Not good at all. in general, I don't really like their stuff.
0: So how's that beer warming up? It's,
1: uh, you know, as it warms up, it gets, it kind of gets creamier. And a little bit, the hop, uh, <clears throat> the hop gets, the hop flavor gets a little juicier. But it still remains a malt forward beer.
0: Yeah. It, if you get this beer fresh, it, it certainly hops. It's a lot of grapefruit, and it's a lot of hops, and... Yeah, I wish I had time to run out and get a really fresh one I have some old ones It I was when I decided I could age them Because they were bottle conditioned
1: mm-hmm.
0: with, In that case that I had Had almost a quarter inch of yeast on the bottom of every single bottle So I thought I'd give it a try And I got another Eight bottles or so left But they're not a double IP anymore They're, they're more barley wine yeah. So I, now I'm just aging them Out to see how far they go But they're not going to be hoppy beers at all Robert sent us an email about new breweries in New York State. This is when we were talking about going up to Omagang or something. Omegong. Yeah. Finger Lakes region. If you're in the Finger Lakes region, visit Ithaca Beer Company. They have a seasonal double IPA hopped with New York State hops. It's great. As New York was the largest producer of hops until the early 1900s, hops, once a leading specialty crop in New York, suffered from plant disease and <laughs> insect pests. Prohibition Thanks. Thanks
1: and That's news report, Robert. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm reading this because I thought it was a little bit of history that people might care about. Yeah, it's cool. Prohibition in the 1930s also helped spell the crop's demise. And 50 years ago, production ceased. So it's a big deal that they make this beer to us New Yorkers with New York-grown hops.
1: Now, is New York... One thing we learned in this presentation is that there's ideal hop-growing location. And New York, frankly, isn't one of them.
0: Well, New York isn't in the best Place to grow hops, but like the, like Robert here was saying was, in the early part of the century, it was the big hop producer in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned this in our hop special too about areas where hops were grown. Yeah,
1: uh, interesting that in 19 the prohibition just stopped hops altogether. I guess hops were, we we learned about some of the additional stuff that hops were used for, but beer is big time. Yeah, I mean hops were using, and I think there was some medicine. There was some medicinal applications and. Pillows that pillows, help you sleep yeah.
0: and things like that, exactly.
1: But you don't really need huge farms for that. Oh, I wish I could fill my bed with hops.
0: <laughs> I picked my hops off my hop plant last week. Right. Because they felt like the ones we felt out in Idaho. And uh, I put them on a screen and the one bedroom upstairs and put on the ceiling fan to help dry them. Oh, that room smelled amazing <laughs> when I was drying hops in there. I was like, "Oh, what's that smell? But... I, I went in there a couple of times just to like sit for 10 minutes and just, <laughs> because it was it was so floral, and, and the room just smelled so good. They've since dried, and I, I put in my food saver and vacuum sealed them and threw them in the freezer. I had 15.7 ounces of hops when I picked them. Right. When they dried, I had 3.8 ounces.
1: Didn't they say in this that they lose 80%? Of <laughs> well, they're 80% water. They're, yeah.
0: When you dry them, they go down to 10%. Yeah. So they lose 70% of their weight. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I got a pound of hops. I'm going to brew like eight batches with that. And then I weighed him afterwards. I'm like, oh, man, I got less than four ounces of hops. I can brew two batches of beer with that.
1: (laughs) Our next beer is the 90-Minute Imperial IPA from Dogfish Head.
0: The very first craft beer radio beer. There it is. This is the one where I told the story about the uh, colonial soldiers from England going over to India.
1: Maybe we should redo that story, just for old times' sake. Sure,
0: a lot of our... Well, yeah, there might be a fair amount of listeners who haven't been familiar with that. Most of you guys are going to know this, so uh, I'll try to make it brief and interesting. But IPA stands for India Pale Ale, which is a historical style that comes from when the Britain, british were colonizing india they sent soldiers there soldiers like to drink beer to be able to make a beer that could stand the ship uh, voyage all the way around the horn of africa to india without it spoiling they needed to make put more hops in it because hops has that antibacterial um, uh, anti-spoiling type agent to it and uh stronger alcohol also helps in preserving the beer so they made these hoppier stronger beers so, when they got the India, the beer would still be good. The soldiers really acquired a taste for these beers when they were in India. When they came home, they started demanding it locally, a domestic beer that was an IPA. That's how it, this style of, it was born. The double IPAs we're drinking today are mostly because American brewers just like to throw hops, like and, throw and, hops and things. Yeah. You
1: know? At the same time, they're all almost all uh, high in alcohol, too, because they need some malt to balance out the huge amount of hops. You don't know, want to get something hugely bitter. So that's why they tend to be higher in alcohol, tend to be a little bit sweeter. 90-minute IPA, because it is constantly, just like the 60-minute, but done for 90 minutes, is constantly
0: continuous continuously,
1: continuously added hops into it using a little shaker machine they call sir hops a lot.
0: Yeah, so they add hops continuously throughout the entire boil. I would think in theory that would give you a more rounded hop taste, where you get a smooth transition from the bittering application to the flavoring application to the aroma application of the hops. These uh, Dogfish Head beers are typically a a maltier IPA. The 60-minute we had in the pre-show, the 90-minute, they're typically maltier. They're not the really hoppy, thin, straw-colored beers. Like By color on this, this thing's a nice orange too. Um, A bit golden and orange, whereas some of these other beers, I don't know what they're going to look like, but Some double IPAs are straw-colored and just hops with a really thin body.
1: Well, I mean, you're getting kind of a spicier hop aroma with this, but at the same time, you're definitely getting a little bit of alcohol aroma and uh, a tad bit of malt to stick in
0: Yeah, the 90 Minute's 9% alcohol, so it has a lot of malt and alcohol behind it as well. Like, my first sip here really didn't taste as hoppy as the 60 Minute did. You don't think so? In in the pre-show. I mean, just like aromatics and Mm -hmm. and hop flavor, it was a lot more malt because there's a lot more malt holding up this beer. And to me, that came across first. These are both pretty fresh beers. I I bought them both just recently. The the 90-minute, I'm getting
1: a lot of hops right up front, basically flaring on the top of the roof of my mouth and the side of my mouth. And the malt is kind of sticking to the tongue. So I kind of get two flavors at the same time. The malt is down at the bottom of my mouth and the hops are at the top. Kind of a, a separation, a dichotomy sure. of flavors. The
0: okay. main application I get of the hops in this beer is the bitterness. It's it's pretty bitter. Mm-hmm. Probably even more bitter than the stouts.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. More bitter than the stouts, and I think uh, the hops are more apparent here.
0: Well, yeah, I, I agree. The hops are more apparent, but I think that's mostly because the stouts was an older stouts. A fresh one, it's mm-hmm. really black, bursting with hops.
1: Some more email. Chris posted a message on our website on washing beer glasses. We talked about that in episode 49. He uses PBW, a powdered brewery wash from Five Star Chemicals. He uses it on home brewing, so he has it around. But if you don't have that, he would suggest OxyClean Free, which is available just about anywhere nowadays. Both clean with oxygen and rinse clean. I don't think using a sanitizer is such a good idea. it's a sanitizer, not a cleaner, you can't sanitize it's not
0: clean. That's my bad. I I know that. I my glasses are clean no <laughs> it's a good idea and and oxyclean there's always a debate on homebrew message boards mm-hmm. can I use oxyclean instead of PBw Does it work as good the does it clean and a lot of people will say yes it's cheaper than PBW it's the same active ingredient now you want to get the oxyclean oxyclean free like he said because most oxyclean has the blue uh, fragrance crystals in it now Oh, right really? you really don't want to use that for your home brewing or, right. or for your glasses but if you get the oxyclean that's all white, It'd be a good way to clean your glasses. It's a something I might start doing.
1: I mean, I find that just a cloth, a warm cloth with warm
0: water. Yeah, when I wash them, I normally use uh, one of those sponge little glass cleaner things and and really hot water. So I really haven't used any kind of cleaner or detergent on. If my you beer glasses. if you're
1: just using them for beer, the warm water and the hot water will get rid of you know everything that's there, and you can just wipe it clean. If you're you're not going to leave any other things there, it's just going to be you know if there's any residue, it's just going to be beer residue, a little bit of it.
0: Right. Where with your homebrew equipment, especially your kettle, you're adding heat and you're caramelizing and and that's just not going to come out as nice as, you know, as clean. So you definitely need some kind of uh, solvent or, you know, cleaner to eat away at that organic material.
1: If you start drinking apple juice or lemonade or chocolate milk in your beer glasses, then you might want to think about cleaning that with OxyCleaner. I I had to have
0: a talk with my wife about putting milk in my beer glasses.
1: (laughs) I think otherwise. If you just use them for beer, you're fine with with, with water, water and a cloth.
0: Sure, but if you want to use something, OxyClean would be a good choice, and it it's not expensive. And a lot of people can get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. It's better than sanitizer or PBW for accessibility to yes. most people.
1: Warm this beer up a little bit. You know, it has it feels to have a uh, sharper carbonation than the
0: stouts. Yeah, it does. It seems like it's a little more uh, fizzy on it. Alexander from Montreal, he wrote in some information about Magic Hat Because uh, we talked about Circus Boy in our last show He says Circus Boy is not one of Magic Hat's better offerings His wife loves Number 9, their apricot I had that when I was in New York City Well, he says yeah.
1: men tend to dislike it Yeah.
0: Magic Hat brews quite a few beers The master brewer has a total has total leeway on what he can do and some of these beers are very enjoyable. In no particular order, a few of the beers I might want to try are Thumb Sucker, the HIPA H I P A, Revel, Blind Faith, and Jinx. He really didn't like the Saint Goons, which is something I have in the fridge. Which we're trying to try soon, or the Braggot. Braggot's a like a mead with made with uh, barley as well, so it's kind of like a mead beer. Interesting. Several of their beers are quite similar to one uh, one another. After all, it's an all-ringwood brewery. Ringwood's a type of yeast, so it's a yeast that's pretty distinctive and gives it a lot of the similar flavors. Humble Patience, Fat Angel, Hocus Pocus, and Single Chair. Alexander thinks those are all similar. He can't wait to taste the beer called Antioxidant. It's a Flemish Red aged in Cabernet Sauvignon casks.
1: Now that sounds great. You don't get enough Flemish Reds around here, that's for sure. Rodenbach and that's it.
0: The uh, Good Beer Show just did Well, congratulations for the Good Beer Show They won the podcast award Oh yeah,
1: did did we say that before? I don't
0: know if we did Congrats again They deserve it (laughs) They uh, they beat out Yeah, I think we did Because we said they beat out The other food podcasts And the whiskey cast and stuff But on this most recent show They did a Flanders Red show They did a Rodenbach And uh, Monk's Cafe in Philly Has a beer brewed for them By a Belgian brewery That's a Flanders Red Really? And uh, Jeffrey T said he could have bought the Rodenbach Grand Cru and didn't. And and I'll tell you right now, Jeffrey, that Grand Cru is tremendous. It's awesome. You think the Rodenbach is good, and in my memory, I didn't realize how different they were. But the Grand Cru is head and shoulders above. Just you think Rodenbach. it's head
1: and shoulders above? I think it's okay. Good. It's a head
0: a head above that. <laughs> it's, it's just it's another step to the tartness. And you know, when you're a tart freak,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really delicious. Uh, it's also oak-aged, I think The Grand Crew uh, Probably
0: both are I think a lot of Flanders Reds Are probably oaked but I mean, not like with fresh oak With tons of oak flavor Like an American oak mm-hmm. IPA or something But with, you know, a nice Conditioned oak cask That has a lot of the, the Whiny out of yeah. it And just gives it very subtle flavors Probably a lot of them are oaked That could be wrong It's also expensive I hate taking guesses on the show with so many smart people listening.
1: (laughs) Speaking of taking guesses with with smart people listening, any ideas on food?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You had to go there, did
1: you? I did, because we actually have gotten uh, uh, a couple people saying, you guys shouldn't be doing so much with your...
0: Yeah, we've gotten some flack about our food pairings, and we've gotten some support, too, saying... There's no report card on. food. Yeah. It's, it's about like the whole pancakes and whatever we were taking. We're talking about a grape a grapefruity beer. Yeah. with pancakes, but not at nine o'clock in the morning at dinner time when yeah. you know you're more sub, sub, sub you know. Subjective we said you to,
1: know, you can have breakfast any time of the day.
0: Not that person. Not the one <laughs> no. who reamed us out. No, he's like my wife who can't have cereal if it's after like eleven thirty. It's like no, it's lunchtime. I'm
1: like what? The the idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that this person mentioned uh, in, in in the post was that oh this this has such a, a great flavor this wine maybe I should have it with my cereal because the berry flavor and you know <laughs> I, I see what he's saying there but also I think that this is kind of how it strikes us in our palates yeah we're not the most educated in terms of food pairings with beers but we'd like to think that we can pick out flavors that would go well and we could be wrong. But it feels more real of us and, and more interesting of us to just try to pick out things as opposed to just going to a book and saying this is what goes with this.
0: With the, Before we get to the food, I'd like to say with this dogfish head warming up, it, uh starting to get a great aroma to it. Getting some alcohol in there, some malt. It's getting a wonderful aroma right now.
1: It is. It's, it's, it's still got a little bit of that spiciness to the hops. And um, mm-hmm. like you said, the alcohol is coming through.
0: So this has a big malt backbone to it. So, you know, I'm wanting to pair this with something that you'd think of a multi-beer to go with more so than, you know, hoppy beer. You that's know, kind of a thing. I don't have anything nailed down just yet.
1: Well, I agree with you. I think that this would, I mean, the hops are there, but it's not hitting you. It's not 200 IBUs or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like a beef stew or something. ribs barbecue
1: ribs barbecue yeah. one, <laughs> of the, one of the things the other person mentioned also i'm sorry i forget your name we there's we, we get a lot of stuff but uh, was we, we keep mentioning like barbecue chicken he said well the, the chicken is kind of superfluous and it, in a sense i sort of agree with him <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> very much so barbecue is.
1: uh but yeah i can see this going going with a lot of barbecue applications which uh, any malty beer generally does
0: yeah hop hop uh we did the... Oh, no, that was the hop we did with barbecue at the dogfish head dinner.
1: This might go... I made a little dish uh, the other day, which was just... I had some flounder, and I fried that up, and I had some crushed tomato in a can. I poured that in uh, with some un- chopped up onion, uh, a little bit of seasoning, and put a pat of butter in there. Okay. And then dumped it all into a plate and ate it. It was really good.
0: What about orange chicken? Things go with, like, an orange chicken sauce?
1: Uh, In...
0: Might, like too it much, might be a, too, yeah, much too much sweet. Sweet yeah. with sweet. I, I was thinking like weird. orange would go good, but yeah, maybe that orange is too sweet and sugary. Maybe mm. something like a, a drier type of application of orange peel or something like that would work well.
1: Yeah, I like the tomato because the sourness will, will mm-hmm. kind of counteract. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think the orange chicken would be too sweet. You're right. I just, I just, I just want to smell this beer. It's, it's just it, it really does have a delicious
1: smell, especially as it warms up. It's, uh, I mean, I think that. One of the things you notice with the with the blah blah minutes that Dogfish Head produces is that they all have a really distinctive hop profile which comes, I guess, from that continuous hopping. Right. And it's it's this it's almost like a bell curve of hops. It, it it you smell it a little bit and then as you continue smelling it goes up high and then it goes up low. It's this bell curve hoppiness that also you taste as well.
0: I just got a really strong aroma of hops. It came from a, a little burp that I had. <laughs> We don't burp on this show.
1: Little burp. Casey writes in that uh, he spent some time in Brussels where he visited two of their most famous bars, the Beer Circus and the Mort subite. I don't know if I'm pronouncing those right, but I'm not going to try at this point. The Beer Circus is located out of the touristy section of town, and the Mort subite was in the heart of the older city. Maybe it's Mort or something like that. It's probably, probably how you pronounce it. Uh... It's part of the older city, which we found to be filled with too many gift shops and tourist traps, which I think you kind of expect in that area. Both bars are recommended. The only disappointment being that there are too many beers to choose between. We <laughs> can only have about four of their high alcohol beers at the time. I know what you mean. One of the one of the highlights of the trip, being an avid home brewer, was visiting the Cantillon Brewery, which is or is it Cantillon? Cantillon. The Cantillon Brewery, which is a long walk from the main section of town, the walk is well worth it, being that this is a walking traditional, a, a working traditional lambic brewery that provides a self-guided walking tour to the brewery, ending with a tasting of their beers. Is probably the highlight of my life, he says.
0: Wow, and everything is downhill from here. Um, you know, I uh, this was in response to me talking about planning my Belgian trip yeah. next year. And I got a, country, a couple of emails talking about Beer Circus and some of these other places in town with Grape Beer. And I thank everyone who sent me back feedback. I have bookmarked it all for when I get into that mindset of actually looking through things to figure out. But two or three people said that you can walk to Canteon. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Highlight of your life, though,
1: Casey? I'm guessing just by that you don't have kids. Just because that's sort of... Usually you hear kids and then something else. <laughs> but I can definitely believe that I mean, really
0: cool and, and a highlight. I mean, we've had some great Cantillon beers. And being able to self-guided tour of the brewery and trying their beers, I, I'm going to be there.
1: Best beers i tried in Belgium were L'Occable Lo- Lo- Bruin. <laughs> An 8% dark beer, almost as stout as one of the most well hot dark beers he's ever had. I'd like to try that one.
0: Loader Bowl, I would say. Loader Bowl. He had a couple others, but I just thought we'd just relay that. The, the, the yeah. best beer he had on the trip. We also have this audio clip from Graham Sanders of Craft Brewer Radio about the Beer Geek Roundtable. G'day, guys. Graham Sanders, North Queensland here. Look, I'm still listening to your Beer Geek Roundtable program and I must admit I'm really enjoying it. I'm not a great fan of radio programs where guys just sit around drinking beer. I find it a bit boring if you don't have the beers in front of you or if you can't get the beers. But I tell you, your roundtable just feels like you're at the pub having a beer with you. It's fantastic. All I want you to do is keep doing more of those and... You'll have me hooked, because I love it. I think the concept is great, and it's using technology to the best. Keep up the good work, fellas. See ya. Thanks, Graham, for the feedback. For those who don't listen to Craft Brewer Radio, you can find his show at oz.craftbrewer.org. Or, if you're not American, oz.craftbrewer.org. Right, Graham?
1: Yeah, before we get finished with this, we should probably do what beer am I
0: Yeah, well, we got a little bit of flack this week. (laughs) And let me explain myself. I said, you know, on the show or whatever, we were not doing a What Beer Am I because we only had... Well, I think I said because we're recording early and we only had three listeners. Right. The number of listeners was really irrelevant. It was that the show was only up for two days when we recorded the next show. You
1: didn't give people enough time to... Uh, Yeah, I I
0: mean, so so we have...
1: uh, Well, actually, let's pour a beer first before we do this. Because uh, we only have news after this, and we don't want to run out of stuff to talk about.
0: Okay, we're gonna try a new beer now. Newport Storm, Chloe Cyclone. Chloe. It's the Cyclone series. They do a, uh, a beer every year. They name it after. They name it like they name hurricanes. This is a double IPA. That's eight percent. They call it an extreme India Pale Ale. Extreme. <laughs> it's uh, Newport Storms, uh, like the beer brand But the brewery is the Coastal Extreme Brewing Company Uh-oh. These are uh, four guys who Extreme. are friends from college And uh, it looks like there's just four people who were in the brewery Another copper beer Well, really, when I, poured, I thought it was more golden See, it looks more golden right out of the bottle there but
1: Yeah, but it ends up being kind of copperish With a, a slightly less thick head, well, I that think That has a different aroma to it it's still a multi aroma. There's a different sort of hop I think involved in here. I think the other two would probably primarily cascade. This one may not be.
0: Hmm, what's that aroma? This is let's pull out the uh, crime scene investigation kit. It's a tough one.
1: Because since we already had two high alcohol beers, yeah. so we're it, like the it. aroma yeah.
0: is uh, the hop. The hop aroma. It's a little bit of a sweet candy and a little bit of solvency. Um.
1: Yeah, it definitely has that a sweeter, yeah, a sweet candy aroma, which is a little bit different than the ones we got from the other two.
0: This is reminding me of one of the off-flavors in the off-flavor kit. This is
1: reminding me of, of saltwater taffy,
0: the aroma. And this is interesting because the beer really doesn't smell bad, but that aroma is reminding me of one of the off-flavors we had in our off-flavor kit. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Get you get a, diff- you get a spike of taste right at the front, a different kind of hop taste that
0: mellows. Maybe it's fusel alcohols. And then because getting- it is kind of hot, you know, like the alcohol is kind mm-hmm. of hot on it, They're kind of burning. Maybe that's the fusel alcohols. And then you're
1: getting kind of a bitterness that lingers and a, a maltiness down the center of your tongue, and the bitterness is flaring on the side. This was um, this sent in by a listener.
0: Yes, it was. It was sent in by Martin, I think. Thank you.
1: Martin, I hope, I very hope much. it was
0: Martin. If it wasn't Martin, I apologize. If it was Martin, I'm be pretty proud of remembering that. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, the winner of the What Beer Am I? Steve. Steve. Steve wins. Steve, uh, the correct beer was Dark Lord Imperial Stout from Three Floyds.
0: I'll have to go back and see exactly which Steve that is. But it, it's Steve, Dark Lord Imperial Stout. We, were, we ranked a beer. Some people got the clue. Some people had some problems with the clue. Yeah. We actually had a person who guessed it wrong and never came back with the right answer. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, Steve, you win at Pine from East End Brewing Company, Pittsburgh's newest microest microbrewery.
1: <laughs> the other, The other correct answers came from Scott, Andrew O'Brien, and Paul... Another Scott spelled with a K, Andy, Dean, Jeremy, and Brian G.
0: This week's clue are submitted by intern Scott. Scott says, I'm a colonial ale. I am made in honor of an American president. I am made with ginger and honey. Two of my brothers are also made in honor of presidents, and another is made in honor of my brewery's namesake. Well, there you go. I think we're going to get a few more answers this week. Yeah, I mean,
1: we <laughs> talked about this beer before, so if you don't know what it is, listen to a couple of our old shows, you may pick it up.
0: Back to the beer. Or just look at the the important word in that first clue there, and I'm sure you'll get an answer real easy. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, um... I'm thinking there's higher level alcohols in here. Fus- fusible alcohols, like fermented, like, way too hot or something. You think so?
1: It's it, I mean, you do coming you do across feel that of, way.
0: You do feel kind of a burn as as, as it comes down. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really taste that bad, but the smell is just something we we did in our off flavors class about. You know, it's kind of um kind of like acetone. Hmm. But it's really well done acetone, I guess, because it's not horrible. No, it's actually an
1: inviting smell. But I do feel like you say a little bit of alcohol burning is, is in the back of your throat, which is not something you typically expect.
0: It's a hangover bringer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think there is definitely an acetone-type flavor to this beer. I think that's what I'm tasting, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> Warming it up just going to make it more potent. You think so? I'm yeah. <laughs> just
1: trying to warm it up a bit because I want to see if, if some of the other hops will come out.
0: I wasn't able to find much information about Newport Storm. There are websites linked on ours. You can find some info there. It doesn't say how big they are. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it just looks like there's four guys who are college buddies who started this brewery back in 2000. Um, they're in Rhode Island. Where's our fact sheet at? It's uh, here. Yeah, a little bit of info on the fact sheet. This is only brewed
1: once, this one. Like you say, a Cyclone series, and they're named after, well... They're not hurricanes. named
0: after storms. They're named like yeah, named storms. They're like named storm, right. And so the first one was named a girl with an A, and the second one was a boy with a B. I think it was Brent or something, and this one's Chloe. So, the, you know, this next year's will be a boy so with a B. So they could have
1: used other names like Krista or uh, Carla or what other is C?
0: This is really interesting stuff, Greg. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners are loving that right now. They're in Middletown right now. Christine. Rhode Island. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think Chloe, and although I didn't watch 24 the last two seasons, I know there's a character named 24. Oh, God. On 24 named Chloe.
0: That's post-show stuff. We can rant about it. rant about 24 (laughs) later. I have
1: an interesting question related to that on the post-show. Speaking of post-show, we should talk about something we talked about on the pre-show, which was an answer to a nagging question I had about hops
0: and... Non-radiative heat transfer. Non-radiative energy transfer. Energy. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Which causes the reaction that creates... Prenelmer Captain otherwise known as Skunky Smell if you are interested in that you can check out the pre-show
0: we in talked with a fide hop genius yeah. there's an arrogant cap from my uh, small brewery <laughs> with a bunch of fusel alcohols in their beer
1: well it's kind of a it's related to Crocodile Dundee right mm, okay that's not a beer this is a beer okay. that's what it says you know that's
0: not a knife you guys all know the quote
1: right Crocodile
0: Dundee, one of the highlights of American cinema. <laughs> one
1: of the highlights of my life was seeing that movie.
0: That's something we'll talk about in the post-show, is uh, Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> oh, Snakes on a Plane. So, yeah, this is weird because it has that flavor you're not supposed to like, but it really doesn't come across that bad when you're drinking it.
1: Yeah. I would say it seems a little bit less refined than the other two, and, and the bitterness is... is Sticking around a little bit more than the other
0: two as well. I'm just worried about drinking all this and getting a monster headache from the <laughs> fuseled alcohols that are in it. Maybe mm. that's what they're going for, because, I mean, it's certainly different, and it's, it's... It's a hurricane of headaches. Give me my charcoal filter so I don't go blind.
1: <laughs> uh, there's some news. New Glarus is going to expand agreement has been reached between the village of New Glarus and New Glarus Brewing Company that will allow the well-known craft brewery to stay in his namesake town. The New Glarus Village Board unanimously approved a development agreement for the $19 million brewery expansion after several weeks of tense negotiations. I can imagine how tense they were. Tense. <laughs> with brewery owners Dan and Deb Carey. They came to a head when the brewery threatened to pull up stakes and build on an alternative site. How would they call themselves Nuglaris if they weren't Nuglaris anymore?
0: Well, it was Boston Beer Company made in Cincinnati, right? <laughs> That's true. And you had a point. They didn't really say how they were expanding, except for the $19 million project. But I think remember in the past where they're going to focus on filling in the demand in their market and not really expanding, which is unfortunate for everyone who doesn't yeah. live in Wisconsin and, and close areas. I'd love to get their beers here.
1: Have we had any of their stuff?
0: You have not. I had two of them at the Heavyweight Open House. And the best fruit beer really I've ever had. Most well-done fruit beers. It's crazy. The Raspberry Tart. Next story. I have a little bit of commentary on this one. Brewers Association put out a thing about craft beer sales like they do every quarter. Craft beer sales surged 11% in the first half of 2006. This is up from 9% in 2005. Association reports the 11, 11% increase, and everyone's cheering because craft beer grew. The big difference this time is last year when craft beer grew, the market was flat. This year, beer grew, spirits grew, wine grew, and craft beer grew. Mm-hmm. And craft beer actually wasn't the biggest percentage grower. Uh, spirits was, I think. So it, the whole pie is growing this, right. this time around. So it's good news, but if we didn't grow this time, it'd be bad news, especially if we didn't have an increasing growth, because everyone has an increased growth over last year. So that means people are drinking more alcohol.
1: Now, one thing that the guys at Budweiser mentioned is that you look at this huge craft beer surge, and most of it is actually the nine or so regional breweries. It's not... These little guys, I mean, they're growing... But they're not a huge portion of this 11%. They're a small, a very small portion of this 11%. Most of it is, you know, Red Hook or...
0: uh, Samuel Adams. Sam Adams. uh, I think Ealing's in the market.
1: Ealing, Sierra Nevada. uh, You know, the big ones, the really big guys.
0: Yeah. Oh, here it is. I actually put it in here. Let's see. Imported beers grew 12%, so they grew faster than craft beer. Spirits tequila grew twelve percent,
1: and let's say, say imported beers can be craft beers. I mean, you know we, oh,
0: right? Yeah, I didn't mean to not say that. <laughs> it's just showing that you know before craft beer segment was the unbeatable segment. Right. Now we're we're up there. You know we've got some competition in the growth, but as long as they're all growing, it's good news. Especially as long as imports and craft continue to grow.
1: One of the beers I didn't like that Budweiser had was the uh, the the black strap stout. I don't really bare knuckle. Bare knuckle stout.
0: You're saying East End's
1: beers. Okay, see, you
0: know the names are so close. Uh,
1: (laughs) I didn't really like the bare knuckle stout. I don't like Guinness type beers anyway. I think that they're well. We
0: should say the bare knuckle stout is a nitro stout that is designed to compete with Guinness and other nitro stouts. And. yeah, I mean, if you're competing with Guinness, it's not really much of a beer that Gregor or I are really going to be, you know, tuned to to really enjoy. So, last beer of the evening here, sir. See if I can get through. The, it's wax covered. If I can get through the wax coating on the cap here. <laughs> Dang fancy beers. A green wax. Let me see that for a second. Yeah, just,
1: te- just tear the wax off. It's too purty to drink. That didn't help. Oh. Do you have a knife? There
0: we go. We should say the beer we're drinking. Keep the medicine. Not keep our... Oh, okay. The
1: beer we're drinking is the Double Crooked Tree from Dark Horse Brewing Company. 13.6%. A spring release from Marshall, Michigan. won the Silver medal in the 2005 Michigan Beer Guide Brewers Cup. Whoa, this is dark. This is a lot darker than the other ones.
0: Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh-oh. All kinds of funk pouring out of the bottle into my glass. Ooh.
1: <laughs> wow. Give that a sniff.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a it's a much cleaner alcohol smell than yeah. that than the uh, the Newport Storm. Another uh, these are these have all been I think on the
1: sweet side in hers IPA. They haven't been super, you know, I I wanted to do Hercules and that is kind of from from Great Divide. That's more of a of a hop forward, I think. Oh, IPA. We
0: can do more doubles next week. We certainly could.
1: Um but this this smells malty. But it also smells
0: delicious. There's a lot of hop flavor in this one. Might have been hiding a bit in the aroma. Ooh. A lot of hop flavor. You're not kidding. It really
1: it, the first thing I taste was malt, and then the hops come. And I'm getting a lot. It just keeps coming. There, there's a, yeah. a, a, a a citrusy hot flavor in the back of my tongue. Just it, it I've swallowed. I've, it's been swallowing for a while, and this hot flavor keeps pouring
0: on. That's pretty amazing. This beer is 98 IBUs, so it's a, it's a pretty bitter beer. But with all the malt and the alcohol, it's kind of
1: it's it has a good balance. Yeah.
0: I'm not gonna say it's balanced. I'm gonna say it has a good balance to it. Mm.
1: By the way, I want to mention another news story. There's a Corona shortage. Not enough bottles in Mexico.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Go buy some Anderson Valley Crema Cerveza de Crema.
1: It's a little bit different than the than, uh, Corona, but you know. <laughs> and
0: it's a little bit better.
1: I also want to mention, just because you know, I can, I'm turning 30 on Saturday. Saturday, August 26th, I'll be 30 years old.
0: Greg is going to be old. Yeah, I'm going to be an old man. He gets to be old, what? Five months before I do. Four months before I do.
1: <laughs>
0: I will. Um, we'll talk
1: about it more on the post-show, but I have an interesting perspective on the whole thing.
0: This beer smells wonderful. I said the other one smelled great. This one smells wonderful, too.
1: Th- that continuous hop flavor that comes out even after you swallow is amazing to me. I don't know how they do that.
0: Let's see if I can remember who sent us this beer. He was in the Beer Geek Roundtable. And we were talking about a beer, and I'm like, Yeah, someone sent us that beer. And he said, Yeah, I sent you that beer. Oh, man. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. It was uh,
1: Steve, Gary, Greg, John, Matt, like. Dan,
0: Joe. <laughs> 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 oh. Marshall. Just, just so people know, Jay. I've started a new. Method of tracking beers that come in I have a tag in Gmail So I'm starting to tag incoming beer mail There you so go. So I won't I'll be able to track these things Easier yeah. than I used to you, All the, you need is a sharpie man All you gotta do is <laughs> Write it on the label yeah. when it comes in I know That's what I did for a couple of them But I'm a slacker Well, Let's not waste people's time Let's uh, mm. analyze this beer a little bit more And let's get into our rankings Um
1: it's got, I mean, like I said, the first thing you taste is malt, and, and kind of a close to chocolatey malt. It's, it's interesting. It, it's a it's a heavy sweetness to it, but the sweetness goes away, and you're left with this rolling bitterness on your
0: tongue. Right. How much hop aroma are you getting? I don't know if I'm spoiled from all these double IPAs, but. I'm getting more of a sweet, malty aroma. Yeah. But the flavor is boom, hops. Yeah. And, yeah, the flavor really, there's a little bit of sweetness in the flavor. But then the aftertaste is dry, bitter, dry, bitter. But it, it's so it's enjoyable. It's yeah. It's not it's not a make, sticky bitter. Makes you pucker, and it's
1: it, it's a sweet, almost tangy bitter. I like the label too. It's got a kind of old mustache tree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of evil looking. Yeah,
1: I like evil looking labels. Yeah. Uh,
0: Whoever sent this in said this was his one of his favorite beers. So. Well guess what is
1: number one on both of ours for the night. Absolutely. That's the rank. Uh right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My rank
0: is as follows. Yes, sir. We that's two shows in a row, we yeah. agree. <laughs> number one, the double crooked tree from Dark Horse Brewing mm-hmm. out of somewhere in Michigan. Out of uh, Marshall, Michigan. Marshall. Number two,
1: 90 minute, 90 minute double IPA from 90 minute imperial IPA. We should say it right from dogfish head. It's got kind of a, it's got the right mix of hops and uh, and maltiness that really goes well together.
0: Number three is the Stouts double IPA. Great warmer sniffing beer. This one tastes a little, it has a little bit of age on it. It kind of be like, Along the same lines of when you'd want to enjoy a barley wine. So save your Stouts Double IPA if they're past their hoppy prime for the winter. Drink in a snifter to Snitcher, mm-hmm. let them warm up. And number four is the uh, Newport Storm Chloe. For me, because I don't think that alcohol flavor was quite right. For me, it just it didn't feel as
1: refined as the others.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't finish my Chloe. I poured some of it out. Now, the pre-show beer, the 60-minute, really hit me right tonight and I might even rank that second.
1: It's not a double IPA so it doesn't go in the rankings. I know,
0: I know. but I mean, enjoy uh, beers that I like best tonight. I like that better than the 90 minute. It, it
1: was tasty. It was tasty. But I, I do love the 90 minute. I think it's it's a great a great example of, of what you can do with uh it's kind of um remaining in an English style with an American twist
0: on it. The the 60 was more crisp and fresh and I, I really dug it tonight. 60 has a great
1: freshness to it. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. But it's
1: not bottle conditioned, no matter what they say on the label, on the old label. It's
0: super fantastic. It's super fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 50 of Craft Beer Radio. Keep on listening and keep us around for another 50 more episodes because we'd love to do it. Yeah. As long as you'll have us. Mm -hmm. Keep on trucking, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you next week when we do some more double IPAs. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was out of towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the PodSafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. There's no stopping us. Look with me up to starry skies. Everybody knows the stars it in our lives. We will find a hidden place. The day we from our space. Yeah, promise me you'll never go away, so I don't have to put these roads on your